This is the Money Made Better podcast by Libro Credit Union, helping you with the financial need to knows with your host, Lindsay Barnett. Welcome back to the Money Made Better podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Barnett, and I'm excited today because today is all about chatting with a couple of my coworkers in my department. I'm joined by digital banking manager, Mike Kettelars. Mike, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing really good. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks for joining me. And Emily Streibosch, you are a product owner here. And just for anybody listening, we all work for Libro Credit Union. How are you, Em? Doing great. Thanks, Lindsay. I'm really excited to chat with you guys today because you've been working so hard and so diligently on something called Yuli. You guys are the experts. Yuli is an app, but can you tell me a little bit first what Yuli is, what the name means, and how we got here? Yeah, so so Yuli kind of came out of a problem that we were trying to solve where Libro is all about coaching, and we've always been really great at coaching. The problem is, is you don't always have a coach in front of you to help you through your day-to-day finances. And so we started to ask the question, what would it be like if, you know, we built more coaching tools into our digital technology so that whenever one of our users needed some help, they could pull out their Libro mobile app and they could get coaching. Um, essentially, you know, with the way technology is going, the way, um, you know, really AI is going, we can start to imagine a future where your phone is kind of constantly coaching you to better financial outcomes. And and so that's kind of the really core idea in terms of what Yuli's trying to do. It's trying to make our, our users, our owners, which are our customers at Libro, um, more financially healthy. And, you know, you asked about the, the name Yuli, really what that's about. That's about Yuli, and that's about Libro and you coming together. And that's what makes up Yuli, you and Libro together. That's amazing. Thanks, Mike. I think there might be a little bit of confusion when you hear about Yuli and your day-to-day banking app, whether you bank with Libro or not. Is Yuli a replacement application or is it literally just about gaining better insights into your financial health? So the app that we've launched right now is kind of stage one. It is a companion app to our mobile banking app. Our mobile banking app is where you would move your money, you'd see your accounts, what Yuli allows you to do is it allows you to bring all your finances together in one spot. And so not just Libro's accounts, but if you have accounts at other financial institutions, which let's face it, most people do, um, you can bring all your accounts together in one place. It helps you gain insights on those accounts. It helps you create budgets. You can see your total net worth. It really helps you understand your holistic picture of your finances and where your money is and where your money's going. It looks at your spending behavior. It allows you to categorize your spending um, and, and it also gives you a financial health score, which is something really new within the app um, where it's trying to help you understand, you know, overall, is your behavior positive? And it looks to identify very specific areas within your, your financial behavior that you can do better on. And it looks to nudge you um, so that you can keep improving that financial health score over time. And so it does not replace the app. We do believe over time these apps will come together. We're going to bring all the features of Yuli that, that our users love. We're going to embed those into our mobile banking app in the long run. Um, But this was really just an opportunity to get an app to market really quick, start learning from our users what they like, what they need, and then really bring those learnings back to our core mobile banking app in the long run. I guess my big question is if you opt out of, say, pairing your banking information from another financial institution, is the benefit of Yuli still there? Does everything need to be there or is it you're, you're getting as much as you give? I would say you're getting as much as you give. So 
if you don't pair other financial institutions, you're just going to see your Libra data, which isn't bad. I mean, that's still relevant and helps people in their financial states, but you're still not getting your full picture. Like when you think about your spending, I was the most excited to connect my credit cards in because I spend mostly on my credit cards. Who doesn't like points or cash back? And so when I did that and I really actually got to see where my money goes, I think so many of us don't know where our money goes. We kind of know. But like when I got the, the you spend this much on restaurants, I was like, ooh, okay, I got to cut that <laughs> stuff back. Um, and, and that's the beauty of Yuli is it really, I, I even just think at the very basic level, it makes you aware. It makes you more aware when you're making those buying decisions and, and how you're spending your money. And then hopefully it's nudging you to make better ones. So for somebody listening to this who's never heard of Yuli up until now, do you get a notification like, okay, Lindsay, in the month of September, you gave Amazon $650 or whatever. Will you get those breakdowns and will it highlight where you are spending the most money? Oh, yeah. Yeah. On your spending wheel, it's going to show you where it's coming out. And when you mentioned notifications, I do want to preface that, unfortunately, in the state that we're in today, it's not going to give you real-time notifications for your aggregated account. So those are your accounts outside of Libro, because we're not pulling that data until you're re-authenticating by going back onto the app. Um, it's something that we hope for in the future of open banking, which I'm sure we will talk about that topic. Um, but yeah, it will show you, you know, I spent, and what I really love about Yuli, let me just preface this, is there's insights and those insights are things like that. So like maybe your hydro bill usually is around this amount and last month it went way up and it will say that to you like, hey, you spent a lot more here or you had a double transaction in a store. So they charged you twice and it's going to surface those things for you in your data so that you're aware of them. And it's really cool. Like you're spending versus your income. Like lots of people spend more than they make. They don't mean to, not intentionally. Um, but we, myself included, sometimes lose track of how much we're spending in a month. And then this surface does that for you to say, hey, this is how much you just spent last month compared to how much you made. Like you said, it's so easy with a credit card, right? You're like, it's it's not like cash. At one point I was only using cash because once the cash in my wallet was gone, guess what? You're done until payday. Credit cards just make it too easy. Swipe off you go. Christmas time coming. It just makes it too easy. So it's cool to hear about that. I want to know, though, where is the data going? When I first heard about this, I, I'm not going to lie. I was like, ooh, I don't know. Because as Mike said, I, I have accounts with other financial institutions as well. And how is that relationship working with the data? And who has access to that data? It's very personal, talking about personal finances. Yeah, for sure. No, um, and this is only going to become a, a bigger and bigger question, especially within Canada. Emily alluded to open banking, um, which is really something that's taking place at a government level at this point. And at some point, the public's going to be brought into that conversation. And so we're all probably thinking about it a little bit now, but we're going to be thinking about it a lot more in the future as that conversation really reaches us um, in the day-to-day -day lives. And and so. Yeah, we, we partner with a company called MX, and MX is a fantastic, super aligned company out of the States. Um, you know, their purpose is all about making, um, you know, their customers more financially healthy. So we found fantastic alignment there. And so they really build these products alongside Libro. And so there's basically two parties as a consumer you need to think about that might have access to this data. You've got MX, who's our supplier, and you have Libro as well. And so when you're a user of the app, you, you know, you have your Libro account right out of the bat, your Libro information is right in Yuli. So you don't need to do anything there. Libro definitely already has access to that information, um, which shouldn't be a surprise to most of our, our, our users. And then you're probably really thinking about if I've got an RBC account or if, I, if I've got money at Tangerine and I want to aggregate that money into the Yuli app, 
you know, what's going to be happening with that data. And so, yeah, that data does flow through kind of, you know, the systems of MX, which is where they're really kind of analyzing that data. They're using their machines to learn about your behaviors um, and then to push those insights back to you. And so, I mean, at, at its most basic, that data does get kind of stored at MX. Libro also has kind of these dashboards as well on our end where we kind of in, in our you know, corporate headquarters, if you must, can kind of like analyze the aggregate behavior. But we at Libro, we can't see kind of any personal information. I can't go see, Lindsay, you, what accounts do you have and where do you have them? What's your transactional information? Um, we do kind of imagine a future state where a coach would kind of really be empowered to help you um, in the future by having access to that information. And we need to make sure that that's all kind of permission driven. Um, if we're ever able to see kind of one-to-one -one information um, that you as a consumer gets to be really clear and pick and choose what information you're sharing and who you're sharing it with. And this is really at the core of what open banking is trying to drive. And that's not just a Canadian initiative that's happening around the world. There's a lot of conversations in and outside of banking about, you know, data ownership and data privacy. And um, I, I think Libro is very passionate about this. And, and we really want to live in a world where, you know, the consumer ultimately owns their data. They have clear transparency. They know who exactly has access to their data. They can revoke that access at any time. Um, they can change permission levels. They can say, yes, my coach can see it. Um, or maybe they can only see a high level information of my data. That's kind of the true north that we want to get to. We're not quite there yet where Libro, you know, there's no permission to give Libro today because we don't have that individual information. Um, so there's a lot of work to do in order to kind of empower our coaches to be better coaches for you. Um, but at the current state, really you, the user, are the only person who kind of has this full holistic dashboard of, you know, what your accounts are. And you could bring that into a coaching conversation one day and kind of show your coach. Um, but yeah, we imagine a future where you, you could also share that directly with your coach. That's amazing. I'll be really transparent with both of you. I'm very old school. I keep a paper planner when I do my monthly budget, my household budget. It's also on a paper planner, like paper and pen. Uh, it's where I'm most comfortable and I like being able to just have it right in front of me. And when I need to reference something, it's right there. Are there other apps like this where you can set budgets or check in on your financial health and find ways to monitor your spending and improve your financial health if you are struggling a little bit? I mean, first, kudos to you for doing the pen and paper budgeting, like how many times I've claimed I'm going to do a budget and then didn't keep up with it because it's manual. Like, mm -hmm. again, that's a lot of work and it's, it's great for those that do it. And so we also say, like, maybe Yuli's not the best tool if you are that, you know, prescriptive and, and into budgeting. Like, that's awesome. Great. Maybe you don't need it. That's, that's OK. Right. Um, I think we built it more for the people that do need that level of, of help to see those insights and to, to see your spending. And, and yeah, we are aware that there are other budgeting tools out there um, and uh, aggregation tools like Mint um, or You Need a Budget. And of course, we are aware that other large financial institutions have um, money management tools within their tool set of things that their customers use. However, usually with the big financials, they don't have that aggregation option. And so then it really is just your data that you hold with them, which is what I think is cool about Yuli is that you can bring in this other data from other sources, from other credit cards, from other places that you have your banking so that you have that holistic view. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing is they like, they know where they spend this money and where they spend that money, but not all together. Not as like a holistic view of like your financial picture and kind of where you are today. 
it's not all in one place unless you're like me and you spend probably way too much time mapping it out. And you're right. It is. It's a lot of work. And Yuli would definitely simplify things for me. Got to make the jump, guys. It's going to yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, budgeting is one thing that we did a lot of research and we, we know that the vast majority of people don't budget um, or they have the intention to budget. They try it and they fail really quickly. I mean, one of the cool things about Yuli um, is we, we are unique as a financial institution where we allow you to bring all your data from all your other kind of outside FIs. And then it kind of automates kind of an initial budget for you. So again, like you don't have to get in there and do all this hard work. I mean, you as a user, the more you do invest, the better your budget will get, um, the more you can kind of inform it or modify it. You know, if you are someone who wants to kind of make trade-offs and say, you know what, I really like eating out um, and I want to kind of continue that, it can help you visualize where that can come from in the future, right? Like maybe I need to then spend less on, you know, buying clothes or something like that. And, and so it will help you create these buckets, visualize these buckets, see where you consistently go over and, you know, where you're consistently maybe keeping within your, your range. And, and then you do get those insights and those real-time notifications about, like, when you're going over a budget and something like that. So it really does kind of put on autopilot something most of us should be doing and the thing that most of us find really challenging to do. I love to hear that it'll be doing most of the heavy lifting because... The last thing I honestly need to be doing, and it's always at the end of the night, my baby's in bed and I'm sitting there looking at things. And at that point, you're just a little mentally fried from a long day at work and household duties. And why am I doing this work when there is now an app that can do it for me? Love that. I do want to talk a little bit about open banking. The two of you have mentioned open banking more than once in our discussion so far. What is open banking? This is such a such a new concept and I new to Canada, I would say more so like you mentioned Mike, but what what does this mean? Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting word too cuz like intuitively you can kind of send your head in all kinds of different places like is my banking open for anyone to see and and, and it's not that. Like open banking I kind of like to think of it, you can almost look at it through three different lenses. Um, there's kind of the technology lens, like what are we actually building and doing with kind of the data and the technology? There's the regulation lens, you know, in terms of what's happening at a government level. But then there's this other space that I, I almost like typically starting with, which is it was kind of a consumer led movement. It's, it is like this worldwide movement and it does go beyond financial. Um, and it really has been about kind of empowering the consumer to own their data. I think we can all kind of imagine the more we use computers, the more data there is about us all over the place. Whenever you visit a website, it's kind of collecting usage information on you. Whenever you join a new website, you're giving them your name, you're giving them your phone number. There's all kinds of personal kind of identifiable information that's out there all over the world for people to kind of see and to use. And the traditional way is when you give that information to a new website or to a company, you're, you're giving it to them. You're giving away your information. And there's been a fight, kind of consumer-led fight about like, no, that, that's me. That's my identity. And the more we live online, the more we're starting to realize that, that we do have this kind of virtual identity, right? We want to verify who we are and very powerful information and very important information and so this movement has been really pressuring governments to build legislation. Um, and, and we're seeing it in some markets where they don't even need legislation. The movement's kind of just naturally happening. But typically, open banking is kind of led through legislation where you know governments are empowering the consumer and saying this information is the consumer's. They are allowed to do what they want with it. 
You have to be transparent about what information you have on a consumer. You have to give them control as to what you know you can do with their information. And if they want to revoke that control from you, you have to revoke or they can revoke it. And so, you know, from a technology perspective, you know, companies now are trying to figure out, you know, how do we take this kind of concept of giving the consumer control of their data and how do we actually make this real inside of our technology? You know, in the past, we never gave you controls. We never let you know what information we had. So we're building, you know, new kind of interfaces to the consumer about this is the data we have on you. This is how we're using it today. You know, give us permission to keep doing that or turn it off. Um, you know, and, and now we can start to imagine from a technology perspective all kinds of use cases. And so we've talked about this concept of, of aggregating data within Yuli, right? So today we have to use kind of really old school technology that was built over a decade ago, um, you know, to kind of go into all these different financial institutions and help you get all that information to bring it back to Yuli. Um, ideally, uh, we're using, you know, more permission-based technology. And so if, if you could imagine it today, we, we use a technology called screen scraping, where when you log into Yuli, you kind of give Yuli your username and your password, and we go, say, into your Tangerine account to grab that data on your behalf, and we bring that back to Yuli. Now, we can do it, but if you have, like, something like two-factor authentication set up on Tangerine where you have to give it you know, uh, a six-digit code every time you log into Tangerine, that's now getting in the way of Yuli fetching your data every time. And so it's kind of a painful experience every time you have to open up Yuli. you got to give that information to Yuli about that six-digit code. And so it can't fetch your data in between each one of your Yuli uses. And so what open banking will allow us to do is build connections with each FI. So you can kind of like imagine these roadways that don't exist today where legislation will force all the financial institutions in Canada to build kind of these roadways between each other where we're securely able to pass data back and forth, but only when the user gives us permission to do that. And it's not in Tangerine's best interest to send your data to Libro, but in this new world when open banking is a real thing, Tangerine won't have a choice. Tangerine will kind of say, this is the, the consumer's data. The consumer gets to choose that we take that information from Tangerine, we're going to send it to Libro. And so it really is about putting the consumer in control as to who has their data um, and what, what, who is doing with your data. And so things like this aggregation experience in an open banking world will be made much easier. It'll be made much more secure. And um, it just gives the user a lot more control. It's so funny to listen to you talk about the transfer of data because I think so many times and not that it's even remotely the same, but you set up an Instagram account or a Facebook account and all of a sudden you're sharing photos or those photos are now property of Meta. And it clearly states that if you read the agreement and obviously it's different when you're talking about people's money. And I know I get I get sketchy at times, for lack of a better term, when it comes to my financials, I work hard for the money that I have. And it, it's it's interesting to hear how this is going to work. You touched on something interesting with regards to people who may listen and listen to this and download Yuli. If they do have two-factor authentication set up with another financial institution, how do we get that data aggregated in a more seamless way so that they're not dealing with a headache? How, how can we make that happen for them? Yeah, and until financial institutions start playing better together and building um, you know, better roadways between ourselves, it, it's simply not going to happen. Okay. Um, and so that is why, you know, there's a ton of advocates for open banking. Now, 
it doesn't require legislation. It just requires better infrastructure and it, it requires, you know, our banking institutions to build consistent technology that can speak to each other better. We are seeing in the U.S. that this is simply just happening, happening organically based on you know, consumer led demand um, and an opportunity that the banks are seeing that, yeah, you know, there's a lot of benefit to have this technology. We do all benefit from it. It is a better ecosystem for everybody. Um, it, um, and so it almost feels like Canada's waiting for it. So that's awesome. Thank you guys so much. Was there anything else? You're the experts that you want people to know about Yuli as I throw you into the spotlight here. I mean, when I think about Yuli, I just really think about we're really trying to help people, right? And I think that about Libro too. Like at the at the core of our business, we're here to help people and make them better off for banking with us. And that's what our hope is with Yuli is that we're helping people that by using Yuli, you'll feel more in control of your finances, that you'll understand your finances, that it will provide you nudges and, and insights that are going to help you make better financial decisions. And so I don't know, I'm really excited where things are going with Yuli. And I, I just, and I, I also, when you're talking about open banking and, and just like how we own our data, I'm so excited by that. Cause I don't know about you. You're just saying some things make you feel sketchy. I also feel that way. Like you say something near your phone and all of a sudden you're like served up this ad for the thing you were just talking about. And a part of me ads. is like, ew, that's gross. And then the other part of me is like, but sweet, this link is right in my phone when I wanted it. <laughs> sometimes it's what I want. Sometimes it's not. And I just, I love that idea of owning our own data so that it serves us well. Cause I think for some people they're like, oh, I'll just won't want to share with anyone. Like I don't want people to have that data on me, but it is going to serve us well. Cause it's convenience. We all want convenience. We want to save time. And like we just talked about with Yuli, like that's what it's going to do for us, but it's great to know where your data is coming from and how it's being used. And so I just think about like, how do we in this world where technology is changing all of the time, um, you know, find the ways to help people with the technology so that it doesn't feel icky and it doesn't feel like they're listening to me and now they're just trying to sell me something. That's really not what we want Yuli to be. It's not about selling you more products at Libro. If Libro can help you, that's what we want to do. But that's the only reason not to just get your business. We're not here to, like we said, spy on you to gain more business from you in that kind of a way. We want you to do business with us because you're better off for banking with us. Yeah. There's a difference between me signing up for that email that marketing email, right? And then all of a sudden my email ending up on a list. It's it's like Mike said, it's giving the power to the consumer. And that's really cool. Do people need to have a Libro account to access Yuli? They do. Yeah. Um, today you you totally log in uh, Yuli using your online banking. That is uh, Libro's online banking. And so if you have online banking at Libro, you have Yuli. It is pretty much that simple, but you do need to be a, a Libro owner to use Yuli. Okay. Thank you for that. Thank you both so much. This was so insightful and so wonderful. And I'm feeling less sketchy. I feel like I honestly, and I'm not just saying this because you're <laughs> sitting in front of me, I might go home and throw out my paper budget. Like go. it might happen. That's huge guys. It's a, it's a big step for me. Well, you have to let us know how that goes. I'll, I'll film it. I'll shred it first. I'm not just going to check it. Um, if you've been enjoying this podcast, please download it. Uh, we'll be available on all major streaming platforms, Spotify, Google, you name it. We will be there. And thanks for listening. Whoa.